0: scott hello i'm julie and this is a good story is hard to find podcast
1: where two catholic friends talk about the books and movies they love and the traces of the one reality that lie below the surface
0: yeah we're going to talk about king peggy this week and uh this is episode 210 and it is a true story (laughs) so we'll not have a problem even though i I was amazed uh, a lot of the time it was true yeah King Peggy. Pegaline Bartels is the author's name, along with uh, Eleanor Herman. But the book is about Pegaline Bartels.
1: And the subtitle says, An American Secretary, Her Royal Destiny, and the Inspiring Story of How She Changed an African Village. Mm. And I don't remember what brought this book to my attention because nobody I know has read it unless I have gotten them to read it. Hmm. But rereading it this time and it was my third time reading it it made me think kind of uh breakfast in america
0: yeah yeah. the book
1: you chose a Mm -hmm. while back because it's it's that melding of two cultures seen through americanized eyes but um somebody who kind of straddles both worlds
0: yeah that's that's good yeah i hadn't made that connection but yeah definitely yeah, Definitely. I was just,
1: because I was thinking about, I, I love this book so much and I can never get in. I my book club hasn't read it. I can't, <laughs> you know, people I know haven't really read it. And, well, one daughter has.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: it's that thing of going, I want to talk with somebody about <laughs> this. I love Peggy so much.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's inspirational. That's neat.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And and what a situation. I mean, my gosh. I, I just, yeah. First of all, I can't believe this isn't a movie. Um, yeah. And, you know, because it, it should be one.
1: <laughs> and it looked like maybe they were talking about doing a movie closer to when it came out. And then maybe it just got dropped because there's nothing recent that I saw.
0: Yeah, yeah. Unless you saw yeah, something. I, I poked around, too. And, yeah, it looked like uh, it was revving up to be one. And then, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Would yeah. they call that development hell or something like that? Where it's yes. it's out in the ether somewhere.
1: It's yes. on somebody's
0: desk. Yeah. Who knows?
1: Yeah. In somebody's file cabinet, if they still have those. (laughs) (laughs) Too good. So, um, the story is Peggy, Peggy Lean Bartels. When we encounter her, she is, it's about, what, 2008 or so. But she is a secretary in the Ghanaian Embassy in America, in Washington, D.C. Yeah. She's American,
0: right? She, she. uh, She's, yeah.
1: Yeah. She's. A natural or not natural? Yeah, naturalized. Yeah, I mean,
2: naturalized. Citizen,
0: would you call it? Right. Yeah,
1: yeah, it always sounds like you should be born here. Then, <laughs> yeah. but basically, yeah, she's an American citizen, but she's also Ghanaian, and she grew up there in Ghana and her village. And then her mother had and family had moved to London for a while,
2: hmm.
1: and then she wound up in America and happy enough in her job, not kind of lonely, you know, but still keeping in touch with the village and her uncle. Is the king of the village, which I think we would probably call it more, think of it more like as the chief.
0: Sure. Mm -hmm. But
1: the king, and he's royalty, I mean, but it's kind of an elected post Mm -hmm. in a way.
0: Well, in a way, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, elected by whom, right? Yeah, by, by <laughs> yeah. the ancestors. And this town which is is about uh, seven thousand people. You know. Yeah, I, it's I think tiny. that that's important just to mention what it's, yeah. what how big it is. But yeah. but yeah, they're they're selected by uh, supernatural means, I guess you mm-hmm. could say.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: and we'll get into that more later. But anyway, mm-hmm. Peggy gets a surprise phone call in the middle of the night saying, "You're the new king." Hmm. <laughs> Her uncle has gone to the village for a while, or whatever. You know, he's gone away because they <laughs> he never went to he the died. fridge.
0: He's in the fridge. That's it.
1: He's in the fridge. Oh
0: my gosh!
1: <laughs> yeah, these. Yeah, it's a different world. Oh, That's all I can yeah. say. So, anyway, and she's like, "What a lady king."
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: but there have been a couple. Tradition has been being broken with, and so, she says, "Well, all right, then." The, she has to accept it, though. Uh-huh. And she goes through a period of discernment, and she then decides that this is her vocation, this is God's will for her, and she's going to do it. And Peggy is interesting because she is a Christian, mm-hmm. but she also believes in the African ancestral spirits at the same time, which is something we'll talk about. And But she is a spiritual person, so she's continually turning in prayer for help with decisions, for support, mm-hmm. this kind of thing. and she goes to the village and encounters a unique set of, well, maybe not unique set of problems, but the village itself is really run down. She, as somebody who's lived in America for 30 years, can see all the easy ways there would be to improve it if there was any money. And that's when she starts digging into why isn't there any money and runs into a whole new set of problems. Mm. And the whole book is about the things she goes through to try and be a good king and to serve her people well. And at the same time, we see her own arc because she has her own personal issues that she's struggling with. And so, as she's serving these people and having to wrestle with her own internal problems, we see how they kind of work together to help form her into a better person
0: Hmm.
1: and a happier person.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I, agreed. it's inspirational yeah. on that level, I think. Yeah,
0: for it definitely sure. is. Definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. You're taking, taking on this big responsibility. Um, yeah. One of, one of the things I think it's important about her is <clears throat> she was unable to have kids, mm-hmm. um, even though she, she really wanted them. And, uh, now, you know, once she agreed to be the king, um, she has like 7,000 kids. Right. Yes. That's the way she looked at it, anyway. Yeah. And uh, it was nice.
1: Yeah. She says, maybe all these struggles trying to have children and never having them, this was preparing me for this moment.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And, and I liked that aspect of it where, mm-hmm. she, you know, suddenly you see some part of your life that works into the, what life is becoming and uh, it feels right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it gives you the the background and the experience to kind of apply it to -hmm. what's coming up. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, so so her accepting this is a huge deal, as you can imagine. But, you know, much to my surprise, (laughs) this does not mean that she moved to Ghana and lived there as its king. She instead would go to Ghana once a year... And, um, on her vacation time, yes. <laughs> but she retained her job and her condo and everything in the United States and would just work away. Um, and then, you know, through phone calls and, uh, then showing up, uh, mm-hmm. once a year. Uh, that was how she ran, ran the place. Right. Yeah. So uh, that was amazing. I, I, that was such a surprise. I'm like, you know, how are you not moving there? <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah but she, she she goes there and it's a it's in terrible shape you know in, in uh, more yeah. ways than one a physical shape it's bad and also you know you could call it spiritually bad yeah or whatever the whole spirit of the place is negative um, because of some things that people are doing right yeah so but there's a lot of things to fix and then another aspect of it that just really surprised me was the personal financial burden um yes you know they're like you know she's like well i'll send you what money i have and and you know it, 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 it's not like she goes there and she's got this coffer full of gold <laughs> you right. know like a king should have or whatever she's like using her personal funds to fix problems in this village and uh then she moves on from there to do really great things to set them up and to uh to start funds rolling in and things like that.
1: Yeah. And one of the things that I liked also is that as the story goes along, you also get the history of Ghana given to you. You Mm -hmm. get larger reflections on Africa and Africa versus America, mm-hmm. and not in really a judgmental way, just in a comparing and contrasting kind of way. And it's woven into the story so well that you don't ever feel like it's a lesson. Now let's stop telling Peggy's interesting story and sit down. And here's Ghana on the map, and blah blah blah. Hmm. You know, yeah, these yeah. these reflections will be uh, sparked by like she'll think about where all the garbage in the town is put, and it's in this cave. <laughs> I think, which connects with um, the underground dungeon of this castle. Well, the castle is where, dungeon is where slaves were held before they were shipped away.
0: Wow, yeah.
1: So, that will kind of lead to, Peggy would think about this, and she'd think Mm. about the slavery and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And so, um, or she'll talk about her people, here's how they solve problems, Mm. because they're very uh, gentle, peaceful people.
0: Yeah. And they so are, your, you know, it's, uh, you know, when I say, um, that it's spiritually negative or whatever, you know, it could be a lot worse. You know, there's not, there doesn't seem to be, um, like rapes and murders and things like that, right. that there aren't like gangs running around. Um, yeah. they, they are a gentle, good people. Um, there are some, uh, some abuse of men towards women, right. You know, mm-hmm. beating up women. And she's like, oh, well, I'm going to put a stop to that immediately. And uh, then there's all this theft, you know, uh, people stealing from each other and from the government, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just, uh, you know, at will. There doesn't seem to be much, um, I don't know, taking personal responsibility or anything like that. There, there's just some elders in the town that are just taking what they want.
1: They're the you worst. Know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it, It's 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 shockingly bad. It's just like, really? You know? So she, it, she goes yeah. there and she sees how people are getting water. And it's like, she just wants to cry. And uh, these guys yeah. are like, well, you know, these taxes that are coming in from the fish, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and. You know, I'm going to pocket that, but I'm also going to take some fish. <laughs> well, they don't admit it. Yeah, they
1: have to be held. So yeah. we're we're into spoiler territory now. Oh, I sure. think um, yeah. where we can talk about all that stuff. And so mm-hmm. if um, if this book sounds at all intriguing, it is written in such. A, I felt a really. I don't know. I really love it. It's obviously this is the third time I've read it. You get to know Peggy. Mm-hmm. She's so likable, and she's not you know perfect. Yeah, And that's part of what makes her so likable. But she tries so darn hard.
0: Yeah. It's interesting that it's not in first person.
1: Yeah. Well, because it was, you know. Yeah. Interesting choice. Eleanor Herman is really the writer of the book. Yeah. Yeah. She met her at at an embassy party
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: and said, who's this woman standing here in this wonderful garb and she's not eating? So, she offered to bring her a plate of food and she, oh, no, I I can't eat in public because I'm a king. And so, (laughs) she got interested because she, I guess this author had written something else about Mm -hmm. a woman. but She's interested in female topics and that's not why I picked the book. I just Mm -hmm. don't remember, like I say, but… you know, she did a good job. Of she did a very Peggy's good job. Voice. Yeah, I
0: thought it was very pleasant. Now I listened to it. I didn't read any of Me, it.
1: I listened to it again. Yeah.
0: And uh, the narrator, um, gosh, what was her name? I actually looked her up, um, but she was, she was terrific. She was terrific. The narrator is J. Karen Thomas. That's it. And uh, yeah, the the audio version is excellent. Really yes. great. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's wonderful.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah.
1: So, where to start? Um, I, for one thing, (laughs) I love Peggy and I can't believe how awful her elders were. You (laughs) hear village elders or tribal elders and you think, oh, old wise men who are here to help the people, kind of like, you know, Yoda. Right. Obi Wan Kenobi. Mm -hmm. No. (laughs) This is the most thieving bunch of deceptive, terrible people in the world. Yeah. They don't care about anybody but themselves.
0: Right. Nobody but themselves and and the things that they'll do to thwart, you know, or, you know, it's like, you know, we'll see you later, you know, go back to America or whatever. And, you know, we'll implement this stuff that you said. And then, you know, they just won't or, or they do and they take the money and they lie. <laughs> well, she, she, she'll be brutal. sending her
1: personal money because mm-hmm. the, the way that the town gets money, um, because there are a few good guys. Mm-hmm. And as she encounters them, they help her, and especially Nana Kwese, I believe mm-hmm. it is, yeah. who's a relative of hers from a, a different town. And Oh, he, he
0: works so hard.
1: He Yeah, he, his business isn't doing great. So he's like, well, I have time. I'll devote myself to helping rebuild the palace, which is practically falling down in ruins Mm -hmm. and he's trustworthy and all this stuff and he'll ask questions to kind of make Peggy stop and think and he's like well you should be getting taxes from the fishermen you know Mm -hmm. this is all the town's land you should be getting taxes from them for all that they make also what about land sales Mm -hmm. you own all the land you should be getting money from that all these places people are buying lots of land and so As she digs in, she starts to discover, and he will go around and ask because people just gossip about things and everybody knows this stuff, but nobody goes and, you know, tells her about it because it's just how it is. And that's when you find out the elders are just pocketing things. And so there's no money. So she's on a secretary salary, barely making it herself, and she's scraping together all her money to try and pay some of these necessary fees to get things going. And so she's going to pay back a guy. And she sends the money to her, you know, like the treasurer or whoever. Mm, yeah. And she gets a call later going, You never paid me back. Well, this guy just took the money. <laughs> he goes, Oh, well, this guy owed me money already, says the treasurer. So I just took that from my payment. And she's like, What?
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah. as she
1: puts controls into place, mm-hmm. which they deeply resent and fight and everything, she finds out that they chose her. Approved her being chosen because they thought they could easily control her because she's a woman.
0: Right. And not present, too.
1: And not there. Right. And she's in America. Mm-hmm. But also, they're used to women who don't fight back. And Peggy has always been more American, it sounds to me, than typical African, basically, in the way this book portrays that group mm. of people. Yeah. In that she would always speak up, she'd always call people on their lies, she'd always fight back. Mm. And she's doing that now, and her her uncle, the chief, or the king, had said he thought she should be the next king. Mm. They added her name to the list, and they have this um, ritual, which is they pour schnapps into the ground as they call out the name. And in front of the ancestral stools,
2: <laughs>
1: which contain the souls of previous mm. kings. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, yeah. so, um, and when the schnapps steams up, that means the ancestors have approved it. And yep. her name was the one that was approved, even though it was last on the list. And they did it three times to be sure, because they were just like, This doesn't seem right.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: So when she's feeling really down, she has to go, No, wait, the ancestors approved me. God right. chose me.
0: Yeah. And that was cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so she'll it, keep you know, fighting. Feeds into that, you know, being at the right place at the right time, mm-hmm. kind of a feeling. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was interesting. Schnapps. And uh <laughs> Yeah, and she she does this, you know, in her apartment, too, which was interesting.
1: The libations. Yeah, she
0: couldn't find anything but peppermint schnapps. And she knew, (laughs) she didn't think her ancestors would like that. So she ended up finding out that some kind of a gin was the closest thing in America to what they were using. Yeah. But she would actually pour it on her carpet in her condominium. (laughs) By the front door. Yeah, right there by the front door. Not outside the front door, which is what you'd normally do. But right inside the front door, because yeah. you know she can't, she can't fill the condo hallway <laughs> <laughs> with what's shops. In. So, but anyway, I just I just found that fascinating. What an interesting I hadn't heard of that. Um, Would you call it a ritual? I guess. Um, before. Yeah, I feel I like haven't.
1: I had heard of that. I thought that mm-hmm. was maybe an old. You offer something to the gods that way. Like <laughs> I don't know why. What's mm-hmm. bringing to mind is Greek custom.
0: Yeah, possibly. But the custom
1: yeah. of pouring a few drops on the ground before you have it. And so, uh-huh. I could be wrong, but I think that's also very ancient in other cultures.
0: Yeah. Maybe um, not In this book, it was called lib- Libation. Yes. Right. She used And that she would morning. do
1: water in the morning for her mother.
0: hmm Yeah.
1: Because she would pray to the spirits of her ancestors. She would pray, pray to her mother.
0: uh uh-huh. And
1: she would pray to Jesus. Yep. God yep. and Jesus. Right. It was this... Unusual combination of the ways of thinking about things,
0: yeah and I have a highlight um in the prologue that where she's talking about dreams uh-huh. and it kind of it summarizes this okay. this uh feeling of more than one thing, right it says sometimes a dream was a message from God or Jesus or from your ancestors, or even from the better part of yourself talking to the stupid part of yourself <laughs> I do like that right. So, um, yeah, she's got all of this together in her head. Yeah.
1: Well, and we see in the book answers and um, actual dreams where she's a spirit uh, like an ancestor has come to talk to her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, of course, this raises huge problems for a Christian, for a Catholic, because, you know, ancestor worship, no, no, no. But on the other hand, we venerate the saints
2: hmm
1: Which mm-hmm. is different yeah. than just your ancestors,
0: yeah. of course. That's right. Yeah. And it, it it did make me think about that, you know, the the communion of saints, the veneration of saints and yeah. And her, you know, praying to her ancestors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how is it different? How is it the same? You know?
1: Yeah, because the ancestors, you don't feel like they 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 were just ancestors. I mean, good or bad. Mm hmm. And you don't know if they've acquired wisdom since they've become ancestors. I know I read Cardinal Sarah's book, whatever his first book was, not the one about silence, but Hmm. just kind of, it was like an interview with him, a long interview. Hmm. And he's African. And he was talking about the problems that ancestor worship causes
2: Hmm.
1: because it takes people's focus off of God.
2: Yeah. And the
1: other thing is that often, especially, and you'll find this from the earliest Christian thinking and Jewish thinking too, is, you know, these other gods of other lands that might be able to do something, or these ancestors are actually demons Mm. who are masquerading
0: Mm.
1: as gods. Yeah. And so I don't know where all this comes down in that mix, except, you know, ancestor worship is a no no for Catholics. Mm. Except if, you Mm. know. Yeah except you can like I will ask my um my grandparents to pray for me mm. and it's not ancestor worship but it is turning to them as really good people who I feel are either in purgatory or in heaven to pray because yeah, the people sure. in purgatory then, can pray for yeah. you
0: and that's how our you know we look at the communion of saints anyway you know that's mm-hmm. that's what like you know mary too right right you know, in in that prayer, we ask her to pray for us sinners, right? That's yeah. what we're asking her for. You know, we're not worshiping Mary, right? You know that that's the proper way, anyway. We're not worshiping Mary. We're we're uh, we're asking for her help, right? Asking mm-hmm. for her to pray. Um, yes, the same way we would ask. You know, if I was having trouble, I may ask you to pray for me. Yes. Um, you know that that's just the same thing. So.
1: Yeah, and in this book, it's really treated that way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: without being articulated. The reasons being articulated, but no one is. Um, well, I guess they are offering them the libations. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, so yeah. the also the idea is when you become a king, there's a stool, and your soul, part of your soul, goes into the stool or something, and it. Yeah, and so her stool. At one point, somebody's going around the town telling terrible. Is it the terrible lies they're telling about her? Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like Uncle Moses or somebody, one of the elders, and the stool—her stool—is crying. Oh,
0: uh, yeah, because
1: it knows all these things, and it knows these lies are being told. Oh boy, yeah, you know, That's and there's rough. another time. When the wrong body is brought back. Oh, my gosh. And all the stools are very upset. They're all making a huge noise all night long. Things are knocking around (laughs) because they are the only ones who know other than the bad people who did this. This is not the king. It's the wrong body.
0: That was just amazing. Yeah. So, the the previous king is put into, uh, I don't know, a morgue, right? You know, where Mm -hmm. he's just being held in the fridge. They say he's in the fridge (laughs) until... The new king, which is Peggy, is ready to give him a funeral. And she's not ready to give him a funeral until she has a decent place in which to give it. And like um, you said earlier, the the palace is in total shambles and it's going to fall down. So she wants work done on that before she'll do that. So we're talking years. Because she's mm-hmm. only there once a year. Yeah. And before the, they have this funeral. It's, you know, just amazing.
1: Yeah, and right. so she's working hard to try and get, the. this is one of her priorities for everybody, is yeah. to give the king a good funeral, and she's up against his children, and he, mm-hmm. you know, uh, these men, what you see a lot of the time is, these men are not the greatest people all around, and so his children were very angry with him. He abandoned them, and their mother, this happens a lot, I guess,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: yeah. um they never would forgive him.
2: Yeah.
1: And at one point somebody is the the children have been there and they said, Well, we're gonna pay the fridge fees. But we're not paying for anything else. Just dump them in a hole anywhere. And Peggy's like, Are you no, I'm not doing that. Are you kidding? And somebody says, is talking to Peggy about it and they say, and or maybe Peggy says, they want to dishonor him so much that they will dishonor themselves. Hmm how can you hate somebody that much? And so it's kind of pointing out a theme that has to go throughout the book. She is there writing wrongs, but she's also having to decide when to show forgiveness.
0: Yeah. And she shows because a lot she, of forgiveness. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. She's extremely patient. You know, she'll, uh, one of the other impressive things, was she, she would practice a speech all night long that she just wanted to tell these guys. Right. And then she would, yeah. she would let her rip and, they wouldn't respond the way that she hoped sometimes. and um, But she always got to the point where, you know, if you admit what you've done, you know, we're going to move on from this. And uh, yeah. several times.
2: Well, just, and it, I'm it, surprised. And it was
0: just increasingly shocking, right? You know, as you said. Yes. So it's just like, really? <laughs> After all that?
1: You'd think she'd uncover some stuff, and then they'd find more stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you'd find people like Siami who is um that's her spiritual elder. He's like the priest. And he he's sometimes helpful to her, but he's also a thief and an alcoholic. And so he'll steal the libations for the stools and hardly have anything to give them, which doesn't make the stools happy. <laughs> and I know it sounds funny, but they are a character in the book. Yeah. And um <laughs> but he's also unrepentant. Yeah. You know, he's the one with a very new young wife and keeping his money, and uh, you—it's know, just a. It, that was one of the things that felt biblical to me in some ways.
0: Mm, interesting. Some
1: people yeah. would repent, and some people, like um, Uncle Moses, who probably killed the king, he's the one who kind of lost his mind, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then this guy is like all the psalms I've ever read about why do the evil prosper? And here I am doing the right thing and I cannot get a break. Mm,
2: yeah.
1: Everybody treats me terribly.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: the more I'd hear of this guy, the more indignant I would get.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know? Mm-hmm.
1: And every time she would try to say, okay, well, we're not going to have these people as elders, their are problems. She'd get this huge pushback from the family. Well, well, you have to be respectful to the elders. Yeah, She's like, yeah, but they've been stealing from you i know but it is family
0: yeah yeah
1: and at one point and which seems unreasonable but at one point she's thinking about um oh gosh what's his name uh the guy who is almost crazy he'll just show up
0: yeah um right he's on drugs and alcohol and yeah. Oh. Shoot. Yeah.
1: He yep. had he had a real string of bad luck, like a whole bunch of like his his siblings and oh, his mother right. yep. and all these people died at the same time from different reasons, and it kind of drove him crazy. Mm-hmm. And he turned to drugs and everything, and so people would give him a second chance, and he'd be fine for a while, and fall back off the wagon the way you do. And she, he comes to her, and he's asking for support. And at that point is when she realizes that, let's see, the interlocking layers of support from a big family are what help the weakest make it in life. Hmm. She's like, you know, you don't have to support them in everything you do. But he's saying, I've become a Christian. These people support me. If I could just buy this, you know, I've I've bought this little um, like a concession stand kind of a thing. And I think I can earn a living. And he's like, but I can't make quite enough money and I'm really hungry all the time. And could I just borrow $50? Which is a huge amount of money yeah, there. Yeah, for
0: sure. For sure.
1: And she's already given him money and had him fall off the wagon and everything. And she, But she's mm-hmm. thinking about what she's learned. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we're all here to support each other. And she's like, I think he's sincere. And she's like, I'm going to give it to you, but I'm not giving you anything else if you fall off the wagon again. This is your warning. Yeah. And that's the time that allows him to make it.
0: At, at that point, didn't someone else who was in the same room give him money too? I think his name was Cow, I think E E K O W. Um, uh, but Echo. Yeah, Echo. Right. Yeah. But didn't didn't Papa uh,
1: Warrior, her brother, right, gives him he, out of nowhere, and he would mm-hmm. never give him anything, and he was always saying, "Cut these people off."
0: Yeah, but I mean, I, that's You're what right. I thought was so cool. It was like you know, Peggy did it, and then he did it. So she was like leading them to do that kind of thing.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: That was a cool example of that.
1: Yeah. And she also, and, and at that time is when she's also, this is toward the end of the book, but this is also when she's realizing, because she's very thoughtful and she's realizing that there's a sense of community that goes beyond your personal family into the human community. And by that time, she has um, come to the attention of the Shiloh Baptist Church mm. back in Washington, who um, a news story was done on her being king.
2: Mm-hmm. And they
1: read this story, and they're very involved in all these charitable projects around them. But they said, we have been really wanting to sponsor a town in Africa. So, they contact her and get involved, and they're like, well, we're going to start a school for all the people whose parents can't afford school books. Uh-huh. And we're going to do all these other things, too. We're going to help with a water bore or a borehole. Because that's the thing you started to say is these little kids have to walk several miles a day with, hmm. to get enough water for their family. Yeah,
0: six hours a day, some of Morning them. Morning and evening. Yep. Yeah.
1: And so she's like, all, and there's water below the surface, but they just have to have the money to drill down and get it to where people can have the water. Yeah. Yeah, And so, this is one of the things she wants the money for, and she's so mad at the elders, because <laughs> once she starts to get things straightened out, they've got money. Yeah, She can use it properly for her people. Mm-hmm. And so, she is saying, you know, there's Echo and her family, but there's also this Shiloh Baptist Church, and it says some of them are the richest people, but they're still tithing. Mm-hmm. They still want to help Otwam, which is her village. Yeah. And there was a Washington journalist who gave $7,000 for a borehole
2: hmm.
1: and says, I've got so many pairs of shoes, your kids don't even have water. <laughs> you know, yep. businessmen yep. planned fundraisers for an ambulance who said, you know, this is the first meaningful thing I've ever done um, because they didn't have a way to get people to a hospital.
0: Right. Yep.
1: So, these are the basic things that when she shows up from America and she says, you know, the poorest people in America have access to water.
0: That's true. Yep. Yeah. And to hospitals and all mm-hmm. kinds of things, right? Because our, so.
1: our poor people in America are rich. Right. Compared to the people in Africa.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: So, when she's thinking about that community, she's realizing how connected she's become. All these people who sent her small checks... The people of the village who've who've shown her support, you know she always kind of felt like she was in it alone, and she didn't blame them, but toward the end, where she's doing the funeral for the king and everything, and they're standing up in the town meetings and saying, "Our king is a great king. Huh. we're glad she came from America. God sent her to help us, mm-hmm. you know, and they show up to fill in the holes in the palace plaza for the funeral, just because,
0: yeah. Our king
1: helped us, we want to help her.
0: That was awesome. Yep. Yeah. And you mentioned uh that one fella, oh, what was his name? The one who was helping Nanaquasi. Yeah, building that, that palace back up. Mm-hmm. He was great. Yeah, he he was doing stuff above and beyond even what he oh. agreed to do. And um, like, you know, when she when she came back to Ghana and saw the palace, you know, it was in great shape. It wasn't finished yet. But mm-hmm. it was everything that was there was wonderful. And he actually added a room on the front of it for her. Yeah. Thought it was neat. Yeah.
1: Well, and she gave him all this appreciation, you know, and she went, This is amazing. She looked so tired because he was worn out from doing all this. And she she was like, You have done such an amazing thing. I can't believe this. And his his whole demeanor changed. Mm-hmm. You know, he smiled, he stood up straighter, all this, and and she says, Oh right the difference that recognition can make but she hasn't realized that she herself would like some recognition (laughs) she just hasn't been thinking of it
0: yeah yeah
1: and um it says the town meeting was adjourned and all but 20 of peggy's elders and close relatives reluctantly left many casting longing backward glances at peggy on the stool they want to stay longer peggy marveled they are energized by the changes i have made by the plans for the funeral my people are solidly behind me it was an astonishing realization. She had been so focused on what she needed to do for her people, writing up a long list and ticking off the first boxes, that she hadn't really thought about changing the relationship between the people of Otuam and herself. Last year, almost everyone had ignored her town meeting. What had she sensed this time? Loyalty? Support? Pride? Excitement? Love even? yes. The people of Otuam were growing to love their king, a fact that made her feel both humble and ecstatic. Until now, she had focused on her duty. She hadn't put love in the equation, but something new was undeniably there. She could feel it all around her, not a self-imposed wall, concrete wall of fear, but a warm circle of admiration, respect, and support. Somehow, when she hadn't been paying attention, the one had quietly transmuted into the other.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. And that's, um, you know, she starts this as a sense of, okay, I will take this job. Being a secretary qualifies me for a lot of the things a king would have to do, Mm -hmm. organizing meetings and doing all these things. And she's being encouraged by the ancestors loudly every time she stops at this one intersection.
2: (gasps) Nana, (laughs) you have been chosen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: she's like, what?
2: Is that my car? <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs>
1: but once she does it, you know, she doesn't look back. Hmm. And she doesn't realize through her acts of service and the things changing in the town and the struggle she's going through, that that's probably getting told by other people to the people of the town who can yeah. see things changing.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that that is you know personified by that moment that I was talking about with uh eco
2: echo yeah echo, mm-hmm.
0: right yeah, so uh, yeah, her giving him money and then uh, getting money from elsewhere as well, um, yeah, people following her right now yeah. she now she's influencing and and yeah it's it's really terrific that way and and yeah, the whole connectedness, you know the whole sense of community and her. Um, doing this the way that she's doing it still just blows me away. I'll show up once, you know, once a year yeah. or whatever, and um, but but yeah, the 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 Ghana sections were the best. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, the, well, the Washington D.C. sections were very short, you know, thankfully. Yes, but it was like yeah, I was Washington D.C. Then I left to Ghana again, but um, she she would say things like um, she ruined her credit,
2: you know, e- so yes. she
0: she is maxing herself out making things happen in Ghana right yes yeah not the whole country but uh Atuam
2: or
1: her village
0: yeah her village yeah but yeah but then it's gratifying it it really that was a great moment when she realized hey things are really coming together and yeah I'm doing the right thing well then she finally gets to the funeral yeah oh my gosh would you like to talk about the funeral I could not believe it I could (laughs) not believe it
1: Oh my <laughs> right? gosh, yeah. I read this book, like I said, this is my third time. I'd totally forgotten about the the big thing of the funeral. Oh it was the wrong gosh. body. Oh gosh,
0: yeah, it was the wrong body. And deliberately. Unbelievable. Oh so, the, yeah, gosh. so they go through this whole thing, you know, all these plans, you know, the, the palace is looking good, everything's good, so it's been years. And now it's time to bury the previous king. So they have, uh, you know, she sends, she's not allowed because she's the king. She's not allowed to see the previous king for some reason, <laughs> some rule. So she mm-hmm. sends people to go get him from the morgue. Um, the people bring, bring the body, right? And they have a whole funeral and they bury the body. And then uh, I can't remember if it's the same night or the day after or whatever, but someone from the morgue calls her and says, Hey, uh, we still have this body over here. <laughs> That's your your previous king and she's like, What? So they well, uh yeah. they buried the wrong body.
1: Well, and it's the thing of uh, the people who brought the body locked him into the place where he was going to be dressed to be in state. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't let in certain people who would all call Peggy and go, They're not letting me in. And she'd go, Well, yeah, because of this. Uh-huh. Because it's not dignified because he's naked and you're a woman. But yeah, because of this and and you're not trustworthy because of that. And so there were all really valid reasons, not that those people were giving the reasons, but <laughs> the people who were locked in with them. And then um the thing that got me was um she it gets on the radio.
2: Uh-huh.
1: that the wrong king was buried because she says okay so she straightens it out they get the king back she's like i can't afford another huge funeral
0: mm-hmm. surely
1: my uncle will understand that all this stuff was meant for him right right oh yeah cuz there's this one thing where she's supposed to sit with the body uh-huh. and they give her this uh dose of something where the king might the king's spirit might speak to her mm-hmm before he goes off to be with the ancestors, right? And she gets nothing, except this guy seems super happy. He's just (laughs) smiling and happy. That's it. Well, it's because it's not her
0: ancestor.
1: (laughs) But he's been in the fridge so long, nobody knows who he is anymore. Yeah. Because if you can't pay the fees, they just stay in the fridge. And Uh so, he's just excited (laughs) to be buried. (laughs) Um, And so, when it gets all straightened out, the Council of uh, Kings... Who kind of oversee? Because there's thousands yeah. of kings.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They oversee. They call her in. They're like, "Oh, you're going to have to pay a huge fine because <laughs> this is so disrespectful." And like, we can't yeah. believe you could have called us. We would have helped you. And she's like, "Oh, that didn't occur to me." And <laughs> but what happens is, is then it's uh, uh, Siami is there, mm-hmm. and he starts explaining. He knows the whole story.
0: Yeah, yeah. that
1: the the king's kids were so mad and determined to have revenge on him and Peggy for making him for letting their father have a nice funeral that they paid those two elders to pick up the wrong body and make sure he was buried so that they would shame Peggy. And then they told the radio, so she'd be shamed. And as more of this story is coming out, they said by the time it was done, everybody's head was hanging in shame, even the Council of Chiefs.
0: Oh, my gosh. Wow. Except
1: for Peggy, whose head is up and she is fighting mad
0: (laughs) over this whole thing. I was really impressed with how she handled that entire situation. Yeah. um, Going before the kings, that must have been brutal but yeah. she's she just yeah she uh, i just really the how it was described you know that that's great it's like a model mm-hmm. <laughs> right that's how i would like to handle you know if there if i if i ever bury the wrong person <laughs> this is what i'm going to do yeah but it, but anyway you know it's just a model of behavior right uh you know she's oh, like yeah. the head held high she's in trouble she's going to go take the consequences uh, she's gonna go explain herself, and she does it with head held high.
1: And that's all she can do. She'll yep. just take whatever punishment they give her because you know.
0: Yep, yeah.
1: Here we are. Here we are. Well, and right. then, as he's telling the story, somebody'll ask a question or say something, and he'll go, "Oh no, because there was more." And they're like, "Well, there was more. There's
0: more. Yeah. Yeah.
1: This part of the plan." So it more. was. It
0: was a complete shock to me that she buried the wrong body. I just couldn't believe it. And then it was like, yeah, well, she was did like say, what? She it you guys like did him, that on purpose? I just couldn't. I just couldn't. I, I didn't yeah. see that coming at all. I just couldn't yeah. believe it. Oh, and my then gosh. And there was going to yeah. be a second
1: part of the plan, but it didn't mm. work because some the guy discovered the problem too soon. But uh-huh. as it is going on and the other chiefs are going, there was more.
2: <laughs> and they
1: get done and they're kind of like, okay, so you're going to have to have this much money to pay the radio station to quit telling that story Mm -hmm. and we're gonna have a fine of this much but they're they're the most minimal fines you can imagine yeah yeah because they're just like we can't believe this was done to you yeah this isn't your incompetence at all you were the victim of the terrible plot that (laughs) is ridiculous and Yeah, yeah
0: yeah so um and i like her explaining to the other kings how she felt that the ceremonies that she had done were for the right person and that Mm -hmm. they should count, you know. Yes. I just, I really liked that, you know, that she was like, well, this is the way I believe, you know, and they couldn't argue with her. So, it's good.
1: Made sense to me. Yeah. But, of course, if you're African, it might not. Yeah. So.
0: Right. Well, you know, it's like with us, you know, things are intent, right? Yes. Intent is a lot of, a lot of everything. So, you know, we intend this. This is what we were intending while we were doing whatever, you know.
1: And it was done in good faith with that intention. Exactly
0: right, yeah.
1: And that's, you know, that's a good point. That's both, um, it may or may not work in our own society, depending on who you're dealing with. But with God, that's everything.
0: That's right, yeah.
1: He reads your heart. He knows if you're hiding that little reason that's not the good intent.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or
1: if um,
0: and it works you in really it, in honestly
1: it. meant it for the best, and it all blew up in your face, or you just didn't mm-hmm. understand the truth the right way, or whatever.
0: Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's where the the idea of baptism by desire comes from, right? Yeah, yeah. So have
1: we talked about that? We may have, know, but talk about have. it again a little.
0: Okay. Well, it's just it's just the idea that if you if you um, intend to be baptized, right um that that's good <laughs> right you know you you want to go ahead and go through with the with the whole thing um but there's there's this idea that you are baptized if you want if you desire it and you don't have the situation where you can complete it
1: right if you yeah. die too soon.
0: Exactly. Or, yeah.
1: I know of a case where there was somebody who was dying to be baptized and for some reason the priest wouldn't do it. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And he died. And they were like, well, that's okay. Right. He was baptized by desire. Yeah. yeah. circumstances got in the way.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, there's intent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we believe God's a merciful God. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there, there, are yeah. these, there, there are these rules, you know, not unlike, you know, what, what King Peggy has to deal with. But, uh, but intent, right? The intent. And
1: that's a good point because that yeah. also makes me think of, um, I actually in this day and age will run into Catholics who say, if you're not Catholic, you're not going to heaven.
0: Right, yeah.
1: And God, the way the Catholic Church teaches it, really, and it's in the catechism this way, is that if you are living the truth as you know it, as fully as you can, That's all that can be asked of you.
0: Correct. Once
1: more truth is presented, you are therefore challenged to wrestle with it and see where it takes you. Mm -hmm. So, hopefully that would be to the fullness of truth in the Catholic faith, which would be the ultimate truth. But say you've never heard of Jesus, like way, 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 way back.
0: Right, right.
1: Or say you have a distorted view of the church because of horrible things happening. Yeah. Yeah. So you are practicing.
0: It's not not enough to just be know that Jesus exists, right? It's like you; it needs to be inside. You need to understand, and then then if you reject it now, now that's something, right? Yeah, but if you don't understand, um, right? Yeah, you're not rejecting anything. You're not rejecting the truth because you don't know it.
1: Yeah, but if you haven't pursued it, if you've taken Mm -hmm. it as an easy way out, either way, Yep. Catholic or not, you know, like, oh, I'm Catholic. I don't have to do anything. No.
0: Right. Mm -hmm.
1: So, and in that sense, Peggy is doing all these things.
0: Right. Mm -hmm.
1: That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that.
0: Yeah. Well, it's just just neat. You know, she's, I just really like how she comports herself Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, navigates all this stuff, which, you know, could be an extremely stressful thing. (laughs) I'm not saying that she wasn't, but she just handled it so well. Yeah. It was a. It's just a nice... Role model.
1: Yeah, she is a good role model that way. And the way that she's continually reflecting on things. I mean, um, just as things come up and she'll think, oh, right, you know, mm. I don't, didn't want to forgive my father. Like, she sees those three children. And mm. either then or before then, she thinks that her own father had abandoned her mother and her family. And it was a very hard life. And she can remember her mother crying when it was time to give her her um, family jewelry and all she had was one little bracelet. Cause she'd sold all the other bracelets to pay for Peggy's schooling. Mm. But that was because the father had abandoned them.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And the mother was just trying to put food on the table. And so, um, but when the father called from his hospital bed and was dying, she was, she went, she was determined to not forgive him. And she just looked at him and thought his soul is going to eternity. I have to forgive him.
2: You know? Yeah,
0: that's that's a tough thing for to ask for a, for a person to do, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that's another admirable thing.
1: And evidently, it's a a pattern with mm. bad African fathers. Yeah, I, I read about it. Right. I mean, she talked about it more than once for different people. But these mm-hmm. kids wouldn't even go. He asked them to come, and they're nope. Yeah. <laughs> So yep. she—that's the the parallel to kind of reflect on—is what does this do to your life? You're willing to do dishonor to yourself in order to get vengeance on somebody who's dead.
0: Yeah, right. And then the flip side of that is the freedom or the you know uh, the liberation that it gives you once you have forgiveness. Um, yes. You know, so for her to go to him and say, you know. You're forgiven, and Mom would have forgiven you too. This is what Mom would have wanted.
2: she—that
1: she, That is what she said. Yeah. Yes.
0: So, yeah. I
1: forgot that.
0: Right. Yeah, it's healing. It's, you know, so it, it was as good for Peggy as it was for him, right? Mm-hmm. So, but that's what we teach about forgiveness anyway. It's, you know, this going to confession and letting that stuff go. Um, you know, that is God forgiving you, but it's also the weight lifting from you so that yeah. you can move forward.
1: Well, and she says, it says here, she looked at the shrunken old man in the hospital bed with the tubes going into his skinny-veined arms. She looked at the human soul behind eyes glazed with approaching death. She had hated him for so many years, but she couldn't hate him now. Also, even if it had only been done for a, in a moment of selfish pleasure... This man had given her life, and she must always be grateful to him for that and honor him no matter how bad his behavior. Mm. And that's something that we've really lost. Um, I liked that point of even if it had only been done in a moment of selfish pleasure, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, Mm -hmm. but her life still was given to her because he was her father.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so, and that's what the Bible says, right? That's the, you know, the Ten Commandments, honor thy father and mother is above, don't murder anybody. Mm. And if you look at Sirach, that's got a great spot where it says, um, you know, take care of your mother and your father when they're old. Even if your father loses his mind, remember, (laughs) it's because of him that you're here. You Mm. still have to honor him.
0: Right. (laughs) Well, thank goodness for that. I'll write that down and give that to my kids. (laughs) (laughs) Even if I go crazy. (laughs) these are your responsibilities
1: i'm gonna tattoo that on my arm so my kids (laughs) what is this i'm gonna here right here i can't talk anymore but guess what oh
0: that's great
1: (laughs) yeah um one of the other things i liked in her moments of reflection is like and i mentioned this before where she's talking about contrast between America and Africa. And a lot of the things she's very positive about America, but she just notices the differences. Right. And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. she'll talk about the fact that, you know, America has got a better life in a lot of ways because we have all the buttons to push.
0: <laughs> well put. Yeah.
1: We, we have all the technology. We have computer programs to do taxes. You can get, send pictures with your phone All Mm -hmm. these things, and it says, um, but she says, you know, in recent years, Americans had invented many new buttons, ostensibly to stay connected with people, yet these same buttons actually disconnected them from the people sitting right beside them, (laughs) or family members in the next room. Yes. And uh, she talks about that, and she says, you know, many Africans saw America as a promised land because it was rich in conveniences and gadgets. Americans could make hot air cool and cold air warm. They almost all had running water. They could send men to the moon and cure many cancers, but many of them couldn't loosen their grip on their remote controls enough to sit on a breezy porch with friends and family, talking about nothing in particular, or sitting in contented silence listening to the birds. If some of them were sitting here now on the porch she thought with birds singing and children playing and sunshine slanting through the trees they would nervously whip a remote control out of their pockets and start pushing buttons.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, yeah. that's
1: even truer now than when it was written.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um I'll be watching a movie with the whole family and my daughter who um, the arborist mm-hmm. will suddenly start punching things on her phone. And she, she'll look at me very apologetically and go, I just have to answer this for work. And I'm like, it's Sunday at eight o'clock in the evening.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, yeah, I get it. Yeah. But come on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not blaming her necessarily. This is just this is the work culture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she also talks about, later on, she's so sick of arguing with these elders all the time. And, I mean, there are so many arguments for her. I love her arguments that she's practiced. Yeah. I'm a man with breasts.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> i like, not a man with
1: breasts. I am a man with breasts. <laughs> uh, so a lot of these huge arguments that will yeah. die down. And she's like, this is how they are, to her yeah. people. They'll, they'll argue, then they'll come back, they'll argue later again. <laughs> And um, but she was saying, you know, she's just sick of it. And she goes, you know, right now, if I, she was in her condo, she'd have air conditioning and a flush toilet, a hot shower and television. Instead, she was here baking like a muffin, washing in a bucket, flinging water at a toilet and fighting a battle with her temper that she was losing with distressing frequency. <laughs> at least I have someone to argue with, mm-hmm. she thought. And the thought was so startling that she raised her head from her hands, wondering where it had come from. But it was true, wasn't it? And she says, you know, she would work all the time or she'd sit uh, and watch TV while she ate her takeout dinner Mm -hmm. at home. Yeah. That was it. And not even paying attention to what she was watching. And she says, was that better than living in a tangle of friends and family punctuated by periodic arguments? Suddenly, she didn't think so. It might sound like a good thing to have no arguments, but people inevitably brought arguments with them. And a life with no arguments meant a life with
0: no people. Wow. Yeah. That's great.
1: Yeah. And I I, she says that thought was so startling. And I thought, well, that's one of those inspirations, whether it's the smart part of your brain talking to the dumb part <laughs> or you know, God dropping a little, the Holy Spirit going, Hey, mm. guess what this means? Think it further.
0: For sure. Yeah.
1: She'll stop and think it through and go, Oh, I hate this, but you know what? I do have all these people in my life. Mm. I'm not lonely
0: yeah that's 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 a nice thought yeah i like it and you know this is the the whole phones thing you know that's that's something i've actually been thinking about a lot over the last couple years anyway i like Mm -hmm. to to look at a lot of different things people thinking about that Mm -hmm. a couple of books there's one called hamlet's blackberry that's a really good one by william powers and then uh digital minimalism Digital Minimalism by Cal okay. Newport is very good. Okay. Yeah.
1: And what are they saying?
0: Um, well, Cal Newport has a whole, well, it, the Hamlet, if I go to Hamlet's Blackberry, that that's, uh, it's been out for a few years and it, it's just, you know, it's a philosopher sort of. Trying to think about well, what does living a good life mean in today's world? <laughs> you know, with oh. all our gadgets and stuff. And one of the main things that he proposes is this idea of a uh, Sabbath. You know, yeah. which is going right back to to you know religion, right? Mm-hmm. He's saying, yeah, there, there ought to be a day, a week where we throw all the phones in a basket and pick them up at night. You know, yeah, you know, as a family. So th- that was his main thing, and then. Uh, Cal Newport is questioning um, th- this is not the first book he's written. There's one called Deep Work, which is very good. Um, but he's questioning the whole idea of um, you know, people joining social media because they feel like they' they they need to and that it's important for your career and oh, that, uh, yeah. you know you, you're getting so much out of it that it's worth what the distraction is. So in deep work, he's talking specifically about distraction. And how it's yeah. keeping people from thinking deeply. Oh. And then uh, digital minimalism is where he's talking about specific things like, um, you know, uh, actually going, going minimalist digitally and then adding back only the things. It's like Lent, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. Lent. When you drop something and then Lent is over and then you think, well, do I, did I miss it or do I need it? Because mm-hmm. you always end up, after Lent, when you put something back, you put it back differently. Yeah. It goes on a different shelf or whatever. But it's like, uh, it's, it's like you should use digital stuff to enhance what you may have done anyway. Yeah. But what's bad about it is when you adjust yourself to the digital, and you're actually creating new to-dos and things like that, based oh. on the fact that it's now digital. You know, so, so it's like, instead of a tool, it's really becoming something that's influencing your life, uh, negatively. Got it. Right. So, so it's like, you know, this would be an example, you know, I enjoy talking to you, right? So Uh we're on the internet and we're talking to each other and we're, we're doing a podcast. Well, that's a, that's a good use of technology, right? That's something that's making life better. It's something that I want to do and I'm able to do it because of technology Whereas checking a Twitter feed every day, Mm -hmm. is it something on a to do list that I never had before it existed? And is it giving me any value or not? Well, the answer really is no. I actually dropped Twitter months ago. Um, Good. But yeah, but, but, and the reason was, is because it sent my mind so many different directions every time I looked at it Mm -hmm. that, you know, you don't realize it takes time for your brain to get back to what it was doing and everything. Yes. So it was really affecting me negatively. And I could feel it, you know. And it's just like, you know, you see somebody put it into words that, hey, this is what's happening to you. And I'm like, oh, let me see what it's like without it. And it was way better. (laughs) okay. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I've... um, I was recently thinking I need to get back more to the Sabbath um, model. Although... I don't tend to work. I mean, I tend to try to just keep Sundays a day off. Mm-hmm. I got into that habit years and years ago when I suddenly went, oh, wait, it's it's a commandment and it's one of the top
0: ones. Yeah. Oh, crap. Yeah.
1: This, this is really important. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that has to do with and, sanity, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's a funny thing because for a Christmas present, Hannah and Mark and Rose gave us as a gift that they're going to paint our bedroom. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it has been put off time after time after time because everybody's got so busy. Saturday's full all the time. Mm -hmm. And they finally are like, it's coming up this Saturday and all these things. And then Rose discovered, oh, here's how you order paint now. You order it over the internet and they deliver it to the Home Depot near you. Mm -hmm. And so she ordered it in what seemed like plenty of time. And they're like, oh, it'll probably be there on Sunday. And they're like... (laughs) If we don't do it this weekend, there's mm. not another weekend free for all three of them for two months.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And they're like, okay. It says so she texted Mark, who went, I will desecrate my Sabbath for this. <laughs> and, we <laughs> went and she goes, that's what was bugging me. Oh, and man. I was like, well, and this is where maybe we fall back too easily on in- intentions. And I'm like, I mm. feel like God knows your intention was <laughs> to do it like this. And it's, You know what? Let's just, we got to do this. Um, Yeah. But it was, it was that thing of we really try hard to not do extra stuff. And my thing that's been sliding back is I've been looking at the internet more than, and Mm -hmm. I'm just like, that is what you're saying. It's a distraction. Yeah. I I don't need it.
0: Right. Right.
1: So. Um, I do tend to treat my phone as a phone, which everybody laughs at. I text with it or I talk uh, on it as a phone Yeah, and I will tend to just, I leave it in the kitchen. It's the house phone also.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And um, so people will go, well, didn't you get that weather warning at night? I'm like, no, my phone's in the kitchen. Yeah. What good's it doing you there? I'm like, because it's my phone. I don't need it right. all the time. You it's mean just it's not nuts, right?
0: strapped to your face in some way. Evidently. <laughs>
1: play games and stuff
0: right right
1: books and things
0: yeah my phone is um it's it's got minimal uh distraction you know it's like you know if i have like a baseball app on there for example which i do Mm -hmm. i I would turn off the notifications you know i don't need it to tell me that the cubs are gonna play yeah. you know i'm if if I'm ready for the Cubs to play, you know I'll watch it. I don't need it to tell me so you and I don't need to tell I me mean, when an email comes in that was one of the first things I shut off you know years and years ago. That. yeah you don't need to know that you have an ad in your inbox, right yeah, so you just minimize those and then you just let let the stuff through that's mm-hmm. helpful to you, right, like your calendar things like that.
1: Yeah, and I have a paper calendar because I'm just that person. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I keep it in pencil so I can change things. It's fine. I love good. it. That's good stuff. But I
1: like being able to look at things visually that, that way, mm-hmm. kind of spread out on a piece of paper. Yeah. And so um, even though the other thing I use my phone for, because I am a human being in a city in this century, is um, getting places on the maps. You ah, know, yeah. So I'll use Google Maps or whatever. But the funny thing to me is that beforehand, I will look up the map and kind of get a visual orientation of kind of where I'm headed and, oh, there are a lot of left-hand turns. Oh, okay. All Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. You know, because I also want to have the big picture of where I'm going. Mm. Yeah. So um, I guess I'm still oriented to those old ways, too, and I'm fine with that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Anyhow. Yep. Love it. So King Peggy Yeah, so King Peggy would agree with some of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't it like is she interesting said. that she continues to live in Washington DC. Um, maybe she she's got a lot a of living. bills to pay or something, you know, right? Because yeah. she's maxed everything out, but um
1: because the money yeah. that the town earns is not for her to live off of. I guess that's she true. could. Yeah. But how is she gonna earn a living? Otherwise, she'd have to have a regular job too. Sure. Because all the other kings I think do have regular
0: jobs. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she she takes her one month of vacation a year and goes mm-hmm. to Ghana. Yep. yep. I love and it.
1: She's a secretary or mm-hmm. assistant or whatever she is the rest of the time.
0: Right, right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Love it. Fascinating. Well, oh, cool, yeah. And a I cool do, life. Yep. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I love the idea that this is her vocation, that all, uh, all the qualities that um, she is needing as king are things that she has. Exhibited maybe in less perfect ways in her other jobs. Right. Like her boss will go, Peggy, come in here. We have to talk about how you spoke to this person when they, you know, Uh because she's too forceful. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: as I was reading, it doesn't mean she's not struggling with her temper and not losing it and all these things as king, but these are all qualities that make her perfect for that vocation. She will stand up to people who other people uh, would never cross. Right. Like the elders.
0: Yeah. You know? Yep. Very good. Cool. Yeah. I just, yeah, she's, she's neat. <laughs> I'd like yeah. to meet her. It'd be fun.
1: Oh, I know. Yeah. And the picture on the cover of the book, if mm. anybody goes to look at the cover, she's just beautiful.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And in, in all her tribal, um, you know, her kingly yeah. garb. Right. So.
0: Yeah. Looks good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a, uh, on YouTube, after I read the book, I looked up, there's, there's several things on her on YouTube. Um, but I watched the CBS Sunday morning piece. It's about seven minutes long. Oh, It was very good. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'll include that on the post. If anybody's interested. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: definitely. It never occurred to me to do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, she really is real. This really happened. Yeah. She's a real person.
1: (laughs) And this story is crazy, but Uh, you know, I imagine anybody who's been running a small town would, would, be familiar with a lot of this especially if you come in after years of neglect because the person in charge is too weak or feeble or whatever yeah, to yeah. kind of keep things reined in
0: right yeah so. mm-hmm. and with the people surrounding him, <laughs> yeah taking the money
1: Yeah. exactly
0: yeah. money and free fish
1: oh, yeah so. and somewhere to live
0: <laughs> in the palace. yes indeed so cool well thanks huh? for picking this book it's really great it's it's one of those really things like yeah it's, i'm happy i read it oh, i'm so glad yeah it's really good so cool all right anything else you'd like to say about it no
1: oh, i think i said everything all right,
0: right. well next um we're going to stay in africa <laughs> black panther
1: yeah,
0: let's watch that i'm trying
1: it. to remember when you said that yeah yes.
0: We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what the Marvel Universe, but Black Panther specifically. So, um, we, we haven't talked about Marvel at all, I don't think. No, I don't no recall we haven't. Yeah. So, it would be your big chance. I have right.
1: very little to say about Marvel.
0: <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, well, finally, right? Well, I should have put the Marvel Universe instead of just Black Panther so you could watch all of them in order in time oh. for the podcast.
2: Oh,
1: yeah. It would be my pleasure. <laughs>
0: and you would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait i
1: can say that without laughing
0: hold yeah. on i can i love it i love it well i'm looking forward to it it'll be fun to talk about it. it's a fun movie really I cool love blockbuster so fun good show yeah. yeah yeah i really love it it's gonna be great oh good cool yeah all yeah. right okay all right well thanks for listening everybody
1: we yeah. will talk to you again soon
0: all right bye-bye, bye-bye.
2: we